Welcome to season three of the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. I continue finding gratitude for all the warriors who have shared their experiences with HSCT and all the inspiration they find in listening to the unique stories of individual journeys with autoimmune disease. It's exciting to report that since our launch last year in August of 2018, we have reached thousands of listeners in more than 50 countries around the world. It really means a lot to know we can support so many individuals along their journey to halt autoimmune disease. Whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow the HSCT warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, Recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression. Connect through our shared experiences and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so grateful that you've joined us. How are you? I'm doing really well. How about you? Really well. That's great. Yeah, I'm growing, I think, new connections. Really? I tell you what, my walking, it's, it started off so much worse than the roller coaster and Mm -hmm. has been challenging. And some days it's still just lousy. And yesterday was not a good day, but today I sailed up my stairs. I'm on my third load of laundry (laughs) already today, which means three, like uh, not just three flights of stairs, but then two more getting up and down. But um, just it was, it's not that it was seamless. It's, it just wasn't a struggle, right? Like That's great. Yeah. So it's minor, but it's major. Right. Of course. If that makes sense. How about you? Um, I can't, I can't say I'm doing better. I actually think I'm doing worse and I don't know if it's menopause. I don't know if it's that I'm developing a secondary autoimmune disease. I don't know if I'm developing RA. Just pain you mentioned. It's really bad. I mean, sometimes it's hard to walk, you know? So let me just say this. I have had a lot of joint pain too. And the more I move, the better I do. Now moving, not being very easy it's tough to get motivated to move and the joint pain in my shoulder has been consistently dreadful. It was better in the last few months than it was in year one and is just now, I still don't have a lot of like range of motion with it, but I, it's not painful anymore because I'm strengthening it because it feels like internal horrible joint pain right? Like the achiness, tightness, stiffness, and pain, yeah. radiating yeah. pain mm-hmm. from the shoulder. But then like my left knee was that bad to where I, my left knee is very bad. It was so difficult to walk. Everything I seem to do, it kind of like buckles out. Every time I mm-hmm. think I have momentum, it gives. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It started out with just like my knee and then it's my feet. It's my hands. 
like my back, like around where my kidneys are, like it's hard to touch. Even my skin is painful. I mean, I haven't been able to work out at all, but I mean, I still go to work. I'm on my feet all the time. I work. I'm not, I don't miss work because of it. And I come home and I just lay down on the sofa and I relax and I just rest. And then I try to sleep, you know, but between the discomfort of my legs and hot flashes, that's always challenging. So have you had your thyroid checked? I'm going to the doctor on Monday and I'm going to have her do like a full blood work panel. I'm going to have her check everything, Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. You know, some people say it's menopause and then my gynecologist started me on hormones on Monday. Well, I was supposed to start them a week ago, but I held off because I was anxious about it. And then I finally put the patch on on Monday and it was fine. And then I put, took the progesterone pill at night and I was so sick yesterday, like so sick. And I didn't take it last night because I've been trying to get a hold of my doctor and she's like, just try to stick it out, you know, give it about two months. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Like I can't, I have to function. I have to go to work. And not only that, I have to pack and move in three and a half weeks. Yeah, no, (laughs) that. I can't be sick for for the next two months. So I don't know if I'm going to continue it right now. I'm going to a new gynecologist um, at the end of July. I was referred to this practice from a friend of mine who's a doctor. I spoke to the woman on the phone about making the appointment. And I said, so she said, well, I would recommend Dr. Dine. And then she said, he, and I said, he, I don't want a man doctor. I said, I want someone who understands. And she said, I, I understand that. I respect that. She said, but he has the most experience with it because he studies hormones. Like that's what his specialty is. She's like, and a lot of our other doctors are, are younger. None of them have even gone through menopause. So I, I would tell you personally, I think he, you should start with him. Interesting. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Cause I wouldn't have thought of that, but at the same rate, I listened to a podcast with this guy who, when he was younger, watched his mother struggle through so much, so many severe symptoms of menopause that when he graduated college, he went to medical school to study women's hormones. And now that's all he does. He's like a specialist. I don't know. I I guess I'll go see him and see what he has to say. And then if I'm not comfortable, I'll go to a woman. Yeah, there you go. But I'm very frustrated with it because I don't know what to take and I don't know what to do. And well, honestly, the the hot flashes are like, they're horrible and I sweat all day and night. But at the same time, it's the joint pain that's getting me because mm-hmm. it's stopping me from doing the things I want to be doing, like working out, you know, and being more active. It's really, really affected my activity. But I'm going to ask her to do these tests because... I want to know where I am before I start taking estrogen. Like what if my estrogen level isn't so bad? Although they said that's why my pain is like everything in my body has seemed to have dried up, (laughs) but my skin isn't dry. Like I've been taking collagen for a year and I think that helps a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. Which should also help with the joint pain. But it's not. That's how bad it is. Like it's no joke. Like, I can, you know, I lived with MS for a long time and my, right. you know, as you know, I didn't have any gait issues. I didn't have any mobility issues. 
mine was all like incredible amounts of pain and digestive issues and cognitive function Mm -hmm. that declined. So I'm used to living with pain, but this is different. It's not what my MS pain was. It's different. Which makes it feel like something new. Right. And like, I hope it's not MS because that would suck. Yeah. I don't (laughs) think that it is. I mean, I don't think it is either. I think it has to do with being, you know, in menopause, not having my period for 19 months and just something with that, I think. But like, just frustrated. (laughs) Something in the roller coaster. Yeah. It is frustrating because it's hard then to have those moments of doubt, right? The moments Mm of, oh, I hope it's not MS. Right. I've been stressed so much in the last couple of weeks and because I'm just taking on too much. And then I pause and reflect and think, but I can because of HSCT. Right. This is opportunity for me to practice embodiment and mindfulness and take caution to be slow about all of this and not be overwhelmed by it and not be stressed by it and be grateful. Right that I can keep up with it now because my disease is halted. Yes. Yes. And so then last night, yeah, I mean, I was working last night and my hands started tingling and I was like, no, this can't be happening. And then I thought, well, I've been on this laptop all day. I need to get off. I need to get away from this electronic field of magnetism and I need to slow down and I need to just tune in to me. Mm-hmm. I get that. I definitely get that weird feeling in my hands when I'm holding my phone too long, you know, and, and I listened to a lot of podcasts about EMF and stuff, but to be honest, living in reality of a busy life, it's very hard to eliminate it. Oh, so hard. Um, and when I hear about the people that do those things, their life is very different, but in this society, in this world today, it's hard. You can't communicate without having EMFs around. You can't work. Um, my God, kids can't even study anymore without computers and right. tablets because that's what schools are using. So it's really hard. So we just do what we can. But we do what we can. We do what we can. Don't get up and get up, dress up, show up. <laughs> right. You just keep putting that foot forward. Showing up yeah. to do the good work. I just keep saying just that. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so showing up with more mindfulness, I think, is has been my lesson and my takeaway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have rooted myself in faith. I There are times, honestly, there are, t- there are times when I feel like I've switched religions. <laughs> I I pray so much and I my days go by with so much faith now. And I hold on to that. I hold on to that probably more than anything is I'm just every day I wake up and I'm, I say what I'm grateful for and you know, how I want to go forward in the day. Try to start my day off with just being positive, no matter what physical symptoms I have. And so how has that shifted even just the outcome of the day for you? Like, do you notice a difference throughout oh, sure. the day? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. I notice that I can move forward even when little things come up that I maybe in the past would have found frustrating or would have angered me or just would have bothered me. I don't let it. 
because I realized that I'm just grateful to be able to go to work. There are so many people that don't get that. So I'm very grateful to go to work and I am grateful to, you know, wake up in my bed. And I think about so many people that don't have a cushy, comfy bed. And I really just tried to be so appreciative for the things I have. And even in those times when I think, you know, like I left a big corporate job that I was so secure in. I left benefits that were so good. I, you know, I, I left a career that I had built over 20 years. I walked away from it because I, I couldn't take the stress anymore. I, after the transplant, I knew I couldn't go back to the life I was living in my mind. Forget physically, you know, I knew I couldn't go back, you know, after getting the transplant, I, I knew that I had to work harder on the physicality of myself. But at the same time, I knew more than anything is I couldn't go back to the negative talk and the mind I had been living in for so many years of, I just get up, I I do my job so that I can pay my bills so that I can live a good life so I can have things, blah, blah, blah. But every day I was stressed out when I woke up and I was stressed out when I went to sleep. And now I walked away from it and I took a humongous financial step down. But I wake up every day happy. Mm, that's so and that is something that no money in, there is no amount of money in the world that can give you that. Right. There is nothing that can give you that. And it speaks volumes to the lessons of where stress will take you in life. Oh, yes. Right. And where absolving yourself yeah. from that stress and that pattern and routine of mm-hmm. stress mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. just really shift your whole life. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've taken such a step back from coaching while I figure out where I want to go with my practice and paying so much attention to that stuff like stress and mindfulness and the mind body connection and the stuff that I'm personally going through in menopause and women's health and the struggles that no one likes to talk about with it. And I realized that I wanted so much to focus on life coaching. I did not want to get caught up in health coaching because I didn't want to be like the weight loss guru and I didn't want to do all Mm -hmm. those things. But yet somehow the more people I talk to on a regular basis, the more my stuff is shifting to a health perspective and not about weight and body image, but more about stress reduction stress management, women's health. I think more just also living in fear of health stuff, health issues. Um, Because I know that by reducing my stress and making it a daily mindfulness to do it has allowed me to live so much freer in my mind and freer in my body from it. And so it's shifting me to what I want to pursue. Well, yeah, it's a mental state that no amount of great nutrition can get you, right? No, because you could eat the cleanest diet on the planet. You could eat all these great things, but if you continue to have a negative mind and Mm -hmm. your self-worth is down, Mm -hmm. your self-esteem is down, um, the way you you view the world is negative, nothing you do in the body is going to connect because 
your mind is is negative and it's constantly telling your brain negative and that is going to end up backfiring into your body and your cells then resonate that same message. everything sure it does. your mitochondria resonate mm-hmm. that messaging you know it's like that theory it's not even a theory because they've done te- studies on it when when people talk to their plants yes say, yes yes and they show them love and they talk to them with love and kindness and they take care of them. And obviously they're feeding the cells of the plant. They're, they're taking care of them with plant foods and, and water and this, this certain kind of light that they're supposed to have. But adding in the talk and telling the plants something positive allows them to grow differently than when they don't get that. Sometimes they don't last as long. Sometimes they don't get as healthy. It's the same thing in a person in the human Absolutely soul. it is. So, Absolutely. Positive and it's the same. I mean, yeah. we see that in every living thing, right? So plants, they're living organisms and animals, they're living creatures. Humans, we're living beings, right? So anything you talk to in a negative with a negative connotation is going to be it's not going to, it's not going to be as productive. That person or that thing is not going to function productively and it's not going to go on to live a happier, healthier life, right. no matter what it is. No, it'll just repeat And when that. you shift that, yeah. right. When you shift all that and you turn it positive, whether it's your plants, whether it's your vegetable garden, whether it's your pets, whether it's other human beings, every living thing, whatever that source of living is, including ourselves, needs to know they're worth something. Mm. They need to feel love and kindness, and they need to be told they are worth it so that they then believe they are. That's beautiful. And so tell me more about the self-talk you use to yourself to manage through the pain you're experiencing in terms of joint pain that could just be a result of going through menopause and even just processing the chemo, right? Right. Even gadolinium. I don't know if you've been screened for heavy metal toxicity, but that could be another. Not since the transplant. I have not. But I know that the talk I give myself is something I, I honestly work on. I try to work on on a daily basis. Because in past life, I was negative. Before all this happened, I talked negative. That was something that was very easy for me to do. There were things in my childhood that I grew up with being told that allowed me to then start to believe that what was being said was true. Um, I always go back to the scene from the movie Pretty Woman where Richard Gere and Julia Roberts have crossed the line. You know, they're in bed one night talking in the dark. And she said that, the, you know, I'm not going to say the line exactly right because of my mind and memory, but it basically said, she said, the bad stuff was easier to believe. And when you hear things that are told to you repeatedly, you start to believe them too. Because if no one's telling you the opposite of that, then you believe the bad stuff. Right. And so having that inside until I, even as a grown up, even after becoming a mother and knowing that I always had to tell my daughter positivity, 
in every situation, in every situation, I had to be able to teach her that she is worth it, that she is enough, that she is beautiful, that she is smart, um, that she will be successful, that she will achieve everything she puts her mind to. Because I wanted her to never hear anything different. I didn't want anything to stop her from believing those things. And so I could do all those things as a mom, but I couldn't tell myself those things. Hmm. And it wasn't until I went through HSCT that I started to believe that I was enough. And um, you, you are worth it. Thank you. I definitely learned that in the process of HSCT in putting ourselves through that kind of treatment, knowing what could happen and knowing sometimes what has happened to others. I had to dig all the way inside and find a faith that honestly, I never believed in. I just didn't have it in me. I didn't grow up with it and I didn't have it. And all of a sudden I had to find that faith and say, there is nothing that is going to go through this treatment with me, not a person and not a thought that is going to bring any negativity to the situation because the outcome is going to be what I need it to be and what I want it to be. And the only way I'm going to get there is by believing so hard that everything is going to fall into place. And since then, in this last 19 months, I have learned to be able to look at myself in the mirror and see somebody I'm really proud of. Mm. And now I want to be, you know, not that I want to be, but I am. And the, the future of myself will be teaching other women the same thing. I believe very strongly that teenage girls need to learn this quickly. They need to be told how special they are, how much they're worth, how much they can achieve as women. And adult women need to, you know, believe it too, because it's really easy for us to turn the other direction well, when like, things get hard. Yeah. Like you said, you're working at it. It is a practice. And if, it's a practice. And That's if people exactly are not, right. Yeah. I mean, and it seems like it's a lifelong practice now, right? Like you're committed to this new way of being and existing oh, yeah. in the world, which is exuding gratitude and appreciation for yourself and having love for yourself and knowing that you are worth it. And you're right. Too many women and girls don't hear that no. messaging in their lifetimes. And they don't. It's tragedy. It is. It is tragedy. And the other thing is, you know, when you say a practice, that's exactly what it is. You don't all of a sudden decide to talk good to yourself and, and love yourself and say, I'm worth it and I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and I'm pretty enough and I'm strong enough. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I feel good about myself. I don't have to practice this anymore. Right. The practice is going to be for the rest of your life because it only takes one second to knock you down. Yes. Something that, that can come along and make you feel less than and if you don't practice this every day and make it a ritual every day, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like such the, you know, woo woo and guru kind of thing that I say, you know, someone has to sit down and meditate 30 minutes every morning. They have to get into the certain state of mind. They have to practice it throughout the day, but it's so simple to make the shift. And I think people look at it and find it. 
I don't want to say they find it frightening or fearful. I think it's sometimes overwhelming because you look at all the people on social media that are doing things like this and posting messages and practicing meditation has become so front and center. I think in the world, everybody's talking about meditation lately and how to do it and yoga and practicing mindfulness. But I think there's a lot of, a lot of the world that gets overwhelmed with that, that they think I don't know how to quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I hear all the time. Yeah. I did a session with a client where I, I went to her home. Um, we usually met out at like coffee shops and things in between our, both our, our areas where we live and, and work. And I actually went to her home to help her learn how to meditate. And it was just simple things and simple phrases that she could then tell herself. And just basically, Jen, I think it's learning how to breathe. Just learning how to catch your breath. Well, yeah. And even focusing on the breath, right? Like you know, taking time allowing to yourself count your breath. Yes. Allowing yourself to sit down for even just five minutes in the middle of your crazy day to just only focus on your breath. For five minutes, if you just focus on how you're breathing, you are able to quiet the, the sounds around you. Yes. When we say that, we mean just like you said, sitting and thinking about, is my breath shallow or deep? Is it in the mm-hmm. front of my chest? Is it in my shoulders? In mm-hmm. my neck? Is it in my back? Can I feel my mm-hmm. back against my chair? Can I sense my lungs expanding in my mm-hmm. rib cage? And how full do they get? Becoming curious about the body and the breath is very much the easiest way to just even start the meditation practice and then find the clearing of the mind. And maybe it is repeating mantras and positive self-talk. And the more then you find space for that practice, Mm -hmm. the easier it becomes to find opportunities throughout the day when you're standing in line at a busy Mm -hmm. store or a coffee shop, right? You're (laughs) (laughs) sitting in the drive-through, hopefully not fast food, but (laughs) you know, when you're standing in line at the grocery store uh, and you know, behind folks in line and you're anxious to get out and you have something to do and you can't wait for your frozen food not to melt, (laughs) but you're forced to wait. Yeah. Invite opportunity. Yeah. Invite opportunity to focus on the breath slow down, Just calm, calm your mind, yep. you know, you'll get out, you'll get out of there and you'll get out of there in a quicker state. If you calm down, than if you make it more difficult. Yeah. And I, yeah. And maybe I, the universe needs you to stay there because something yeah. bad is going on outside. You don't know about. <laughs> I find, you know, in, in the talk about breathing and, and meditation, I find it interesting that sometimes just the simplest act of listening to your own breath, not even talking to yourself about feeling your breath in your body, but I think some people don't even know that they can hear their own breath. And just focusing for, for just moments of listening to yourself breathe, and especially I find um, in working with clients, I find that in moments of panic or anxiety is the best time to focus on the sound of your breath because it will calm you down when you are breathing heavily because you're anxious or you're feeling some type of panic or fear, if you can shut your mind for a second and just listen to your breath, listen to how you're breathing. Is it fast? Can I slow it down? Can I take a deep breath through my nose? How do I feel when I breathe through my mouth? Just the breath itself allows the nervous system to calm. Oh, 
So, so true. And I think if we start, you know, just teaching, just breathing, just listen to the sound of your own breath, <laughs> that will help shift. And it is the small things. It's always, and I said this in, in a previous episode, you know, it's, it's small hinges that swing big doors. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. It is the smallest shift, just tiny little moments that add up to those big ones. And if a person feels like they need to change their nutrition and they, they feel stressed all the time and they don't meditate and they don't do anything for themselves and they're just always working and, and, and functioning in life for everyone else, if they could just start with one tiny thing and, and make that one little thing a routine, then you add something else. I think habit stacking is the greatest. Mm -hmm. So, so little habits, like everybody gets up in the morning and brushes their teeth, whether they do it before their shower, after their shower, before their coffee, after their breakfast, whatever it is, everybody brushes their teeth before they leave. But that's a habit. That's an automatic habit that we do. So let's say you want to have a morning meditation. Let's say you just want to give yourself positive affirmation for the morning. Habit stack it. You know that you're going to brush your teeth. So in that moment, brush your teeth and then look in the mirror and say something positive about yourself. If you do it every day, it'll start to become a second habit. So you're stacking on a habit you already do automatically. And if you need inspiration, even to get started and you don't know how to have that thought, mm -hmm. write it on a post-it note and stick Absolutely. It I have. I have a post-it note next to my bed. I have a post-it note on a cabinet in my bathroom that's next to my mirror so that I see it. I see it there in the morning. And even though I practice mindfulness and great gratefulness, gratitude every day, that affirmation just reminds me sometimes when I'm rushing through or I'm running late. It just reminds me of that affirmation that I wrote about myself. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the mind is just so busy with all the things it needs to do. You know, I think everybody should have affirmations because it's, it reminds you, if you forget to remind yourself, have an affirmation in the bathroom while you're getting ready in the morning, men or women, doesn't matter. You're still in the bathroom at some point in the morning, brushing your teeth or taking a shower, have an affirmation, put an affirmation next to your bed on your bedside table at night so that before you go to sleep, you remind yourself about something have a affirmation. And these can all be on sticky notes, have one on the refrigerator. Every time you go to the fridge refrigerator, that affirmation is going to remind you to make good choices to nourish your body, you know, put a sticky note and on the front door. So that when you leave your house every morning, that affirmation reminds you what you're going out into the world to do, give yourself the intention of what you want for yourself in that day. And it reminds you before you walk out the door every morning. I love that. And I think it's, I think that's something that is so powerful for people to do. It's very easy to write on a sticky note and stick it somewhere. But if you have it in the bathroom, it's a morning affirmation. If you have it by your bed, you have a nighttime affirmation. If it's on your refrigerator, you have a body nourishing affirmation. If you go to work, put an affirmation sticky note on your computer in your office, whether it's home or at an office. Let it remind you why you do what you do every day. What does it mean to you to work at that job? Remind yourself how powerful you can be in business, how successful you are, 
how smart you are. Um, I just think it's. Well, those are great ways to practice, right? So, and they're easy ways to start practicing. Mm -hmm. And those little simple things tend to shift you into bigger things. Like maybe that starts your meditation practice for yourself. Or maybe it allows you to just say gratitudes at some point in your day. Or ease the stress of your daily routine. Absolutely. Well, and but, speaking of even affirmations for success at work, you've mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of shifts in your work and your profession and lifestyle. Yeah. Is there anything that you, I don't want to say regret. I don't like regret, right? But is there anything mm-hmm. that you wish was different or that you want to change your mind about? Um. At this stage of my life? Or recovery with HSCT more so. I think there's, I don't, I don't want to say I have regrets now. I, I, I've had past regrets, but I'm still healing, meaning that I am trying to get over what I didn't do. And that way I let go of the regret because mm, yes. I don't want to live with that. And right. I certainly don't want to die with that. No, you and need to find forgiveness. And so I'm, I'm still working on that little piece of myself of healing the past regrets that I still hold on to. May we um, all, may we all find that space. Right. And so I'd say now post HSCT, I'm finding a new me, you know, it's been 19 months and to some people that's a long time, but to me, it's still a very brand new life. Mm, isn't it though? It's such a brand new life for me. And I, at 48, almost 49 and still young and feel like there's, there are definitely things that I am meant to be doing and I'm finding my way to them now in my own way, not watching everybody else's way of doing them. I'm learning how to do them my way. Well, you need to. Yeah. That's how you and I think, ingrain it into your own practice. Yep. And I think that the universe is leading me in the right direction because I have learned how to pay attention. Mm, Isn't that interesting? So often I find myself seeing those signs in the universe and finally recognizing and paying attention to this is supposed Mm -hmm. to be happening. Yeah. I never paid attention to signs of the universe because I didn't believe in them. Mm. But after my father passed away 10 years ago, the signs were there. And I couldn't ignore them. Like little, just very bizarre things showed up. And I believe that it was him reminding me that he'll always still be there. And then other things like I just really learned to pay attention to what I'm supposed to be doing um, instead of what I think I should be doing. Mm. And that is a huge shift, huge mind shift beating myself up for what I think I should be doing versus what I am allowing the universe to show me is the right thing. Yeah. Recognizing where to show up and do the good work. (laughs) And so, like I said, instead of looking to everyone else that maybe is in my field or, you know, how everyone else does something, I have learned to let go of that should and just let be. Good. That's so, a, that's a practice too, right? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something I've become really. It's it, it it it's become something that's important to me, and utilize in my coaching business because 
I just want to be able to help people understand. I'm not even in a place to teach, you know, because my life is always a work in progress. And I just want to help people see the signs. I want to help people understand that to let go of what they think their life should be or should have been and learn to accept where it is and then find where they want it to be, how to work towards that. Yeah. We have no control, right? No, but don't we always try to control everything? (laughs) We do. And so like you say, let's control our practice. Let's Mm -hmm. show up with mindful practices of positive self-talk of slowing down to listen to the breath, Mm -hmm. right? And just being good with what is in the moment. Sure. Because we know we can't control things. And when we try to control the things that we cannot control, it moves us in directions that we don't want to be in. So the only thing to do is to let go of that control and just practice what's right in front of us. That's beautiful. It's what we're learning in our yoga teacher training. So I'm glad. And, and, and like just having the structure to practice that mm-hmm. intentionally um, and learning how to teach it to others. Right? right. So you just said like, I'm a coach and I want to help others. And that's beautiful intention. I love that. And I think mm-hmm. you're a brilliant coach. Thank you. At the same time, I think you are teaching. You may not Thank think you. you are, but I believe that you are. You're teaching Thank yourself you. and you're teaching others. I am. You're I am leading, teaching myself. You're leading by example. And as long as people are open to listening and hearing the lesson. Right. And even thinking about the lesson. They don't have to believe the lesson or embrace the no. lesson or practice it themselves, but just opening the mind to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. And hopefully learn from it, whether, whether or not they embrace that practice and learn that it's a positive thing or not, you know, if they're learning, that's, you're inspiring that, that learning, right? Which means you're teaching. Yeah. And I think that the greatest thing that people can learn in life, whether it's from someone else or from a book or from a movie or from something they experience, the one greatest lesson the one greatest thing I think in the, in, in the world that people can do is just find gratitude. It was find definitely, gratitude. I mean, that was such an important practice during my hospital stay for HSC. Yeah. I mean, every yeah. moment I was grateful, even the more than hour long placement of my catheter, yeah. which was the most vulnerable <laughs> and miserable and painful experience. Right but I was grateful to be there and I was grateful to have the new nurse learning her way (laughs) through my most vulnerable areas. (sighs) Yeah, I agree with you. And I I remember that moment too. Oh, it was tough. When they placed the neck catheter in for harvest. And I remember thinking I was so afraid. I let my, I walked like snap. I was in, in constant fear. And I remember having to take something that morning to calm my mind because I knew that if I didn't give over control, give up my control. Once I walked into that room, there was nothing I could do. And by being more afraid and more panicked, I was only fighting the nurses. Mm. 
And so I knew I had to calm my mind somehow. And in that time period, I needed medication to do that. I was still very nervous. But what, like what you just said, when I had this one nurse who was in there, there were so many people in there, you know, with the, the, the screens up and, and placing the catheter into our jugular, um, there was a nurse that came around. Like, I think she just noticed my fear. Even though I wasn't fighting it, I was just trying to breathe it through. She came around to the other side and took my hands. Hmm. And she said, hold my hands and just look into my eyes. Just look here at me. Let's just chat. And I was so grateful for her. Because she just took, by taking my hands, it was almost like she pulled the fear out of me through my mm, fingertips. Beautiful. And she just held on to me and made me feel like, hey, you're not alone here. I got you. Mm. And, and it allowed me to just let them do what they needed to do. And even in the moments where I felt the, the catheter go into my chest mm. and like there was like that twinge and I was oh, like, yeah. <gasps> and she said, look here. Just breathe. breathe it out. Just breathe. <laughs> Just breathe. You're not in any harm. They know what you're doing and you're safe. And honestly, when she took my hands, it was like she pulled that fear right out of my fingers. Mm. It was amazing. And I was so grateful. And I knew going forward that I had to put all the control into the medical staff, that that team was going to do everything they could to keep me safe. Aren't they amazing? Yes. I always said those nurses... We're like angels walking among us. Amazing. I kept asking them, do you take time for self-care? Do you take time to restore? Because you give so much to us. Mm-hmm. And you've really got to take time for yourself. Mm-hmm. I hope yeah. they do. I hope they do too. They're very yeah. special, yeah. special so, people. So special. And I think that's true in any clinic right? That we go to Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. HSCT is such a serious procedure. It is very serious. And the more you go in stressed out and trying to control, I think the harder time you have for sure. Well, so is there anything else you're grateful for about HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? I think that I'm grateful for all, the, all of the ups and downs and the roller coasters and hardships that have come along. And even this menopause portion of it that I'm struggling with because the chemotherapy portion of HSCT forced me into menopause early. And even though I'm struggling with a lot of symptoms and I get frustrated with myself, I'm still grateful that it's teaching me something. I still know that through the pain, there's a lesson. So I have to then sit more quietly to figure out what that is. What am I not giving to myself? And this pain is showing up to, to tell me that. So pay more attention. And so I'm very grateful for the lessons I learned through even the pain. Mm. And yeah, the roller coaster, right? Because there are because still I, I so many much, good days and so many. There bad. are so many good days. And then when you have that really bad day, you say what, what the key is to recognize it and say, instead of saying, oh, my God, this is horrible. What's wrong with me is what is, what is my body trying to teach me? What yes. am I not doing right today? Or what did I not do right yesterday for myself that I'm paying for today? Yeah. What's the lesson here? Right. And I think that every every person, you know, every craving we have, every behavior we have 
every pain we get, there is a lesson somewhere in it. And how do we take that lesson and do something with it to make ourselves better? So that's, I think that's my gratitude takeaway from this post journey that I'm just trying to be more mindful and aware of my body. It's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And it's not an easy one, especially when you do have that bad day and those negative thoughts for whatever reason. Right. I mean, it's so easy to ruminate on the negativity, like you said. Absolutely. And so finding time to shift that focus. Because what, what are we learning or what are we teaching ourselves if we stay in that negative state? We're not learning anything from the negativity. Mm -mm. The lessons come through the positive and the, those miraculous moments where we're able to shift our mindset. And notice, right? Yeah. And then learn from it. Thank you for that inspiration. (laughs) Thank you for talking. You know, it's nice. I've never even welcomed you to the show. (laughs) (laughs) But welcome, Allie. It's so good to talk with you again. And thank you. I appreciate you sharing all of this about your journey with HSCT with our season three opener. It's nice to have a tradition of opening our seasons with Allie Strong. I really enjoy it. Thank you for choosing me to be your opener. And Mm -hmm. I love it. And I can't wait and hope to connect with lots of HSCT warriors in the future. Yeah. You know, I think when we made the time to meet in Chicago, when you were there for evaluation and I was there mm-hmm. starting mobilization, just we bonded, right? And, mm-hmm. we and did. that bond is strong despite the time we find to connect between all of our busy lives. Absolutely. I, I agree. There's, there's people that come into your life. You know, there's that, you know, people come into your life for a season, a reason or a lifetime. And there's, there's all the connections that you make and that you choose to hold on to because someone has brought something to your life and you definitely brought something to mine. Hmm. You've brought so much to mine and I appreciate you and sharing all of you and your lessons with us and the listeners here. It's just such an honor to be able to share with you and be in this space. Thank you for making it comfortable. Thank you very much. Well, and I want to talk more about the nonprofit, right? Finding ways to, so I don't know that we've even shared this part with you about it, but we want to offer or convene, if you will, a national conference, because why not? Why not? Bring together HSCT warriors, veterans, Mm -hmm. hopefuls, Mm -hmm. caregivers, and maybe even medical professionals. Yes. To offer presentations, to offer conversation, to connect in person. That would be fabulous. Strategy around recovery, talk strategy about preparation, or even just practicing and extending the neutropenic diet, practicing self care, meditation, and mindfulness, learning new techniques to promote recovery and healing. Why not? Why not? So we are. Great. So we're figuring it out. I would love to have a hundred people in year one. I think mm-hmm. that's a reasonable. I think it's actually very reasonable number. 
it'd be great if we had double that, but I wouldn't expect double that. And if we had less, that's okay. Right. That's okay. But what's the five-year plan? I think how many people you want to see? However many people have been transplanted, right? Anyone with think about that from five years from now. I hope that there's so many people that it's just almost like the natural process of autoimmune disease. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the goal with the podcast and the nonprofit is to keep getting the word out there, grassroots, and so many other individuals with their fundraising Mm -hmm. initiatives Mm -hmm. or their Instagram presence, you know, just getting the word out there is so important because not everybody finds that handful of Facebook groups that offer information. Once they do, it's great. They're, they're a great community, but Facebook should not be the answer. No. And I think, I, I just think I love so much the idea of this huge community event, bringing so many people, so many warriors together and caregivers and hope. Yes. Yes. And allowing people to, there's so much to learn from so many, you know, there's the warriors who have their stories to learn from, and there's the Mm -hmm. caretakers Mm -hmm. who want to understand what we are dealing with. And what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. We want to remain connected. And wouldn't it be brilliant if we could have that conference every year and people were so connected within their communities that the second conference doubles in size, right? Because... Yes. We're getting the word out and more people are getting access to HSCT mm-hmm. and understanding that, yes, it's a significant medical procedure not to be taken lightly, but yeah. when you can prepare yourself and embrace that preparation, you know, supporting yourself to maximize your health and outcomes, mm-hmm. you're just, you're setting yourself up for so many successes. I think it's so fabulous. And um, I think, I think that a nonprofit is going to do such wonderful things for the HSCT world. And like you said, it's just bringing everybody together. Like the talk to a warrior function where now you can go and click the button to schedule time and connect with a veteran, ask questions, have conversation, make connection. And I think the coaching, Allie Strand coaching is a, is a, is a great piece for the wellness of pre and post HSCT nutrition. So how do we prepare ourselves? Excuse me. How do we prepare our bodies and minds to go into this? Mm -hmm. And then when we come home, we need to shift our bodies and minds to then start living a new life in a different way because your body is now different. Mm -hmm. In your mind, just going through the whole thing. Um, I think that's a great piece. And and I, and I look forward to and hope to connect to lots of warriors that reach out and want, and it's not just, you know, coaching sounds a little bit frightening sometimes, like what am I going to get into or what do I have to do? But I encourage anybody in the HSCT world, like you said, whether they're hopefuls, whether they're leading up to it, whether they're post even if it's just a question, mind, body, soul, you know, reach out through the website, connect to the warriors, ask the questions. Mm. We're yeah. all here for them. Yeah. We're all here for everyone. We are. We are a community. So glad to be part of the family with you. Me too. Thank you for teaching me so much along the way. Thank you, Jen.
I love being a part of it. Thank you for everything you do. I, it's good to show up, right? It's good to show right. up and do the good work. It feels good. It's what I find myself wanting to spend time on, right? So I'm so busy right now. And aren't we all in life? I mean, so much is happening. And but when, when I, you say, when I start my day and I think about all the things I need to really do, the first thing I pay attention to is the nonprofit or the podcast, this community, these connections, right? Finding connections with more warriors and helping to share the story. I think you found your passion and purpose. I think so too, but I still have to do other work to pay the bills. (laughs) (laughs) So I continue to stay busy and I need to slow down. I mean, like I said, I was so busy yesterday and just noticing that tingling in my fingers. I was like, okay, time to stop. It's 930 at night. You've been at this all day. Your fingers are tingling and you're starting to be fearful that your disease is back. Stop it. And you just stop. What is it teaching you? You know what it's teaching you right right now? It's teaching you to slow down Mm -hmm. and to take, there's a certain time of day when you just have to take the time for yourself. And so it just reminds you that your self-care has to be number one. Indeed. And not just at one time, (laughs) anytime, right? Anytime Anytime throughout the day. Right. Thank you for helping to name that. Thank you. That's a gift. Thank you for having me. It's just always good to catch up with you. And so good luck with moving. Oh, thank you. And all of the busy that you have. Thank you. And I say the same to you. And good luck with your new doctor, because that's, you know, building a new relationship. I know. I hope it works. And you know what? If it doesn't, then I'll find a new one. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm on a journey here. There you go. (laughs) Always learning. Right. I am on a journey. And, and as we know, going through these procedures and ha- living with illness, we become our best advocates for ourselves. And so my journey just continues on. I really appreciate you and all that you bring to our community and all of your wisdom and sharing that wisdom with us. I just wish you all the best in health and wellness and moving in just a couple short weeks. Um, I hope I it thank you very much. I hope it's not too taxing for you. I hope not. I'm actually very excited to move to my new community and looking forward to building my home there. So beautiful. So thank you, thank you, and um, the best to you. And I will speak to you. Yes, soon. Soon. Yeah. Enjoy absolutely. a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you, and you too. Oh, thank you. Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. 
You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well.